Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefni Early and you are listening to Faces and Places here on the podcast. It's episode 159 of the show and today we are going a little bit outside the county lines, just across the border into County Roscommon to Kilronan Castle where I joined the organisers and attendees of the ladies' lunch on Little Christmas or Nolignaman for Northwest Simon Community. Now, later in the show, we're going to be talking to some of the participants, the speakers and the organisers of the actual event itself, held about 10 days ago on the 6th of January, or just before the 6th of January, actually. First of all, we're going to talk to Mary McKeown, Development Officer with Northwest Simon Community, who put this whole event together. But we'll also be hearing from the adjudicators of the best dressed lady or the best splash of yellow at the event and they are mike mccarthy and paul carroll of the blog funky fashion frolics now i can struggle big time with that name but i do nail it when i'm talking to the two lads you'll hear later on in the show two of the speakers on the event will also be joining us today and they are joanne sweeney and Kristen o'reilly who will be talking about a particularly poignant stage of her family's life when they lost both of their parents as a group of six youngsters uh, all in their teens or early 20s they lost both their parents in the space of a year year and a half and how they as a group got together and with the help of their community they basically raised themselves it's a fantastic story she told it on the day but she does give us a little snippet of that family history in today's show I'll also be catching up with Margaret Heffernan, who's a member of the board of Northwest Simon, to talk about the organisation, what it does in the wider Leitrim, Donegal and Sligo area, and what form homelessness takes in this part of the northwest of the country. First of all, as I mentioned, we are going to jump over and have a quick chat with Mary McKeown, Development Officer for Northwest Simon Community. I'm joined by Mary McKeown of the Simon Community here in Sligo, Leitrim and Donegal. You're the Development Officer for the organisation, Mary. Thanks for having me here in Kilrona. You're welcome, Brefni. Tell us a bit about the day today and what's actually happening here in Kilrona Castle. Okay, so we have over 385 ladies gathering here today, all in support of Northwest Simon Community. They meet at one o'clock for a pre-dinner drink in the Dungeon Bar. That's followed by a three-course meal with wine in the Grand Ballroom in Kilrona Castle. And um, MC on the day is Ali Magner, the Western correspondent with RTE. We have Margaret Heffernan, a voluntary member of our board, speaking on behalf of the Simon Community. We have the funky fashion frolics all the way from Wicklow, who are judging the best splash of yellow and they're the Simon colours and people go to great efforts with their splash of yellow for this day. Like your fascinator here in yellow, are you eligible to win that competition? Um, Unfortunately not. (laughs) Tell us a bit about the work of the Simon community and and in terms of the actual practical events on the ground, what what does that organisation do in this area? Okay, so we're one of the eight Simon communities of Ireland. We're working in Sligo, Leitrim and Donegal to prevent and resolve homelessness. And we're dealing very much with the hidden homeless, not rough sleepers. So it's people who are struggling in their own homes or facing eviction. We have three full-time outreach workers for each county. And we're a small team of nine uh, working in the three counties doing amazing work. Last year alone, we prevented 371 individuals from being on the street in this area. So that's fantastic. And we couldn't do it without the, the help of all our volunteers as well, I have to say and just a big shout out to all our volunteers who help us not only today but down through the years. 
I was going to actually ask you the impact that an event like today has on the finances, like in terms of the actual cost of the of the organisation. What kind of money do you need to survive, and, and how much of that comes from events like today? Okay, so an event like today would take in over 10,000 profit for the organisation, so that's huge. Um, other big events that we have would be like the annual sleep out, we have soup for Simon, we have regional tea days, but events like this are huge. Um, we don't get government funding towards the services um, we provide, so um, there's huge pressure on the fundraisers, you know, in, in Sligo, Leitrim and Donegal to take in much needed funds to run the organisation on a day-to-day basis. I'm presuming this is the sixth time you've run this event that there's a lot of crossover from year to year that you see the same faces come back year after year. Does the event sell itself now or is it still that big slog to get people through the door? Actually, this year it was fantastic. It's a lot of new people here this year, a lot of people I wouldn't know, a lot of groups. You get book clubs, you get ICA groups, you get groups of people, they book tables of 10 to 12. So it really, the the venue sells it as well, and then people like to support a homeless charity at this time of year. And then it's it's after Christmas when women like need a break on women's little Christmas, when they can put their feet up and get everything handed to them. So it's, it's ideal. It's an ideal time of the year for this particular event. Listen, Mary, the very best luck with the event and with your work with the Northwest Simon community through the rest of 2020. Thank you, Brefney. Thank you. Now, one of the guest speakers here today is Joanne Sweeney. Joanne, welcome to the area. It's amazing to be here at Kilronan Castle. Beautiful location and beautiful surroundings. Tell us a little bit about what you're going to be talking to the assembled ladies here today. Well, I guess um, the topic of my address is all about putting you at the centre of your world. Might sound a bit selfish and egotistical, but an actual fact, I think that women often put themselves last. Um, And in my experience, when I've decided to put myself first, things have worked out much better for me. Tell us a bit about your own background. So um, I started my career um, in broadcasting in Highland Radio, but I guess... I had a lot of life lived before um, before then when I graduated from journalism in NUI Galway. So I became a mother at the age of 17. Um, and I guess that meant that I was always very enterprising um, as a person because when you're living in 1990s Donegal in rural Ireland and you have ambitions uh, to go to university, to perhaps start your own career and to speak on stages across the world, you've got to dig deep into your resourcefulness. Now, I've never been blessed with lots of resources, but I think that what we all have and the thing that unites us is the ability to do what we want to do if we just decide to do it. So I'm of the firm belief that a lot of us stand on the side of fear and that fear paralyzes any progress that we want, might want to make. So yeah, after having Sophie at the age of 17, um, I, I went to university, got on Fido O'Donnell's bus and made the journey there. And I didn't know who was going to mind her when I was going to lectures. I was going to study English and politics. Um, I didn't know how I was going to fund it. Um, but I had made the decision that I wanted to do it. And I think that's one of the key messages is that, you know, everything can be figured out if you just make that decision for yourself. And ultimately, Sophie is now a 24-year-old um, accountant um, who followed my path in education. And, I mean, having her was the, the, the best gift that I ever have. And I think she looks at me and the attitude that I have to life. And I try and teach her now to, to put herself first. So, so yeah, um, from, from being a, a single parent to, to being a student to starting up my own business 11 years ago, um, there's an element of what people might call selfishness involved, but in actual fact, um, to be the best person, the best version of yourself for other people, you have to put yourself first. 
Talk to me about today's event and Northwest Simon and, and your involvement with that organization and this event today. Well, this isn't my first time speaking. I spoke here about four years ago when, when Mary McKeown, the organizer, asked me. And I think Northwest Simon is a really important charity. Um, it's hard to believe that we still live in an Ireland where homelessness um, and poverty is still alive and well. And I remember many times having to couch surf with Sophie. Um, and I think that um, being able to give something back um, and also to celebrate women, because, of course, we're celebrating Nalag Naman is a wonderful thing to be able to do. So to, to be asked um, to take on the stage and to, to be in front of them women is definitely um, a real privilege for me. Well, listen, the very best of luck today and hopefully uh, it all goes swimmingly for you and the, the charity. Thank you so much and well done to everyone involved. Now I'm joined by Margaret Heffernan, who's a member of the Board of Directors of the Northwest Simon community. Margaret, it's a fantastic day it's shaping up here in Kilrona Castle. It certainly is. It's, it's um, very traditional now. I mean, it's, it's sixth going into the seventh year now that um, we've had this luncheon here. And it's incredibly popular. And uh, when you think of you know, where the funds raised by the lunch um, are going, it's, it's such a worthwhile cause. Can you tell us a little bit about the, that work that the Northwest Simon community does across the region? Yes, well, we're, the Northwest Simon is based in Sligo Leitrim, Donegal, and um, we have a team of um, paid employees um, who um, where there are referrals made to, and uh, they keep an eye out for people, um, you know, for homelessness, and they watch out for people who you know, uh, drug abusers, alcoholics, um, people with psychiatric illnesses. Um, generally in the northwest region, there wouldn't be a lot of on-street homelessness. The homelessness would be hidden homelessness, the people who would be losing their houses because of inability to pay their mortgage or who would have lost their jobs or something like that, who are now forced to live with their own parents and with all of the conflicts and what have you that that, that brings with it. So we try, um, we, we liaise with the local authorities to arrange um, housing for them and generally anything to maintain them in a home. In terms of now, I'm going to put you on the spot here and I apologise for that, but what is the level in, say, in County Leitrim of, of that hidden homelessness that we might not be aware of or see on a day-to-day -day basis around the county? How many instances approximately might there be in the county? Well, no, actually, Breffany, you, you didn't put me on the spot. Um, I know our annual report says that the, we assisted 142 families in the past year. That's a lot of people in a small county like Leitrim. Well, no, it's not all Leitrim. It's, it's in the region. We're, we're talking about a regional basis now. Um, there wouldn't be a huge amount of homelessness, on-street homelessness in, in Leitrim or Sligo. But you will get the odd one. Yes, you will. How important are days like this to the work of your organisation? They're incredibly important. One, from raising our profile, because a lot of people are not aware that we exist in the Northwest. And the second one, obviously, is the fundraising exercise. We do not get any government funding. That's so important that people know that. We don't get government funding. So a day like this raises our profile enormously. 
So in terms of a day like this, people can come along and make a, a contribution by buying a ticket, but that's a relatively small amount in isolation. What can people do if they want to help the organisation in maybe a bigger way than just coming to an event and, and putting a money in a, in a raffle ticket? Well, it's not, and it's funny, you know, uh, money is very, very important, obviously, but it's not necessarily all about money. Yes, please help us financially, but there are things that people can do, and people do do for us. They, they do a lot of volunteering um, we have um, we have charity shops. People volunteer to you know to do a little bit of work, uh, a stint in a charity shop. Um, they organise events. Um, mightn't be quite as high profile as this, but one of the big high profile, another high profile event would have been uh, you know the sleep on the street. Um, the um, schools are great. Um, organisations are great. Uh, uh, companies are great. They adopt us as their their charity for the year and that sort of thing. Excellent. Well, listen, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me. I've, I've dragged you away from your, your social uh, commitments here at the event just before things get started. I hope you enjoy the day and the very best luck for the year ahead. Thank you very much, Bethany. My pleasure. Thank you. Now, one of the highlights of today's lunch here in Kilrona Castle is... Uh, an address from Kristen O'Reilly who is going to speak to us now about what she's going to be talking about later in the show. Kristen, welcome to the Leitrim Daily. Thanks so much, how are you? It's good to be here. I'm fantastic. In terms of today's talk, now people may be familiar with your story and your family's story, but can you tell us a little bit about who you are and why you're here today? Absolutely. So over the last year, um, our kind of story, we I would have spoke at the Leitrim's Health as well and just told our story of what we've kind of went through in the last um, five, six years, I suppose, since 2013 as a family. I'm, I'm one of six, so there's five girls and a boy. And uh, in 2013, very suddenly, we would have lost our dad to a heart attack. Um, he was actually, he was in the middle of treatment for cancer, but um, he we lost him very suddenly then to a heart attack. And obviously that's absolutely devastating for us. And we were trying trying to get to grips with that and then very suddenly then our mum became extremely ill about three months after losing daddy mammy started to show a bit of signs of illness and sickness and she then was diagnosed with cancer so we had no time to grieve for our daddy it was straight into caring for mammy and um, over that nine month period after daddy died in the October um, bringing us up to the following November mammy would have been in hospital and getting treatment and we were at home trying to come to terms with everything and then we eventually actually lost her the next year so we're five years on and we're all living our lives as we can but you know it's just it's a chance I think telling our story is a chance to show people that you have to be resilient no matter what happens and you have to keep going and stick together as a family and also the support you receive from your community and just looking for like support if you need it there's people there that want to help and are willing to help so in terms of you're not quite telling the full story though because the age range of your family wasn't you weren't all grown up and maybe in college or all over the place tell us about the youngest and oldest in the family in the house at the time Keith, our youngest brother, would have been 12. He's actually 18 now. <laughs> He's working here today. <laughs> but um, my oldest sister, Michelle, out of the six, would have been 22. So she's my age now. So we were just in our kind of late teens. You know, you're starting college. You're getting your theory done for your driving licence. You're, you know, different exams are going on. Like, I would have been in my leaving cert. So it's just, it brings you back to that stage of, we didn't know what we were doing. This was all very new to us. Like, we were so young. And trying to cope with something that a lot of people don't face until they're in their 50s or 60s. And I'm sure it hurts just as much. I'm sure you've made more memories with the people. But we were very young and we were just trying to come to terms with everything. And I think now, looking back, 
I don't know how we did it. And I'm extremely proud of my sisters and my brother for sticking together with me as well. Like, you know, like, so. In terms of when you look back, what were the main, I suppose, mental traits within the six of you that, that kept that going? And, and was it, did you all possess them or was it different people looking after different aspects of, of, of what was going on in the house? The different personalities shone through definitely with regards to coping. Um, we all did extremely well, but like that, you needed to just sit down. And when I was having a bad day, the girls were there for me. And then on their bad days, I was there for them. Like you, we'd all sit down together and chat. And you'd, you'd talk about the hard times, but you'd also remember all the good times. And I think that was really important. Like and for Keith then and Nora, the two younger, we would have been looking out for them a bit more, maybe getting them on the road, like and getting them whatever they needed to do. The simple, trivial things of life, the lifts to training or the lifts to town if they needed it or if they wanted grinds like to get them down to him and like we had an aunt as well that would have been an extremely good help to us um, from drum hair like so we were very lucky in that way we just had a serious amount of support within the six of us and within our family and community so we were blessed like in a lot of houses though 22 most people are still in college so you're all still probably at full-time education you lose the two parents in the house like today is about northwest simon community and and homelessness and people who are struggling financially and resource wise and you kind of sum up exactly that situation in some places if the likes of the people that are here today and were willing to buy the ticket and support the charity those are the kind of people that helped us back at that time our community fundraised for us and without it there's no way i'd have my college degree like there is no way I would have been able to have gone and done it without knowing that the home was taken care of. The likes of VSB, it's simple things like that. Every every mother, every household knows how what it takes to run a house. And um, without people in our community, we just wouldn't have been able to do it. Like so, that's it's the giving and it's the people caring more about something that's not just in their home and actually supporting. Like that's what today is about, and that's what our story was too. You know. In terms of the six of you, how close are you all now? Oh, it's really close. We're best friends. Like we do everything together, especially the girls. Like we all go out together. We're, you know, and one of the girls now is expecting a baby at the minute, so there's war to be godmother in. <laughs> so very close. Always were, and sure we always will be. It's great. Like, what are you most looking forward to of the day today? Um, well, I worked here for years, from since I was 16 years of age, so I got to see this event happening every year, and I wished I was able to go to it. So now to be on the other side of the table is a great feeling. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to enjoying it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Kristen, thank you very much for having a chat with us, and the very best of luck. I hope the speech goes well, and the very best of luck to you and your family uh, for the years ahead. Thanks so much. Thank you. Now we've heard from Mary about the Splash of Yellow competition and I've managed to weasel away the two judges to see if... No, I'm not wearing any yellow. I do have the, the dark colours, but I haven't got the yellow, so I don't think I'm going to win today. You're but very well. You're looking very well, Breffney. Well, thank you very much. You Your honesty levels are not quite where they should be, so I'm <laughs> a bit worried ahead of the judging. Um, you're going to be picking it. It's Mike and Paul that you heard Mike speak there. And you're from Funky Fashion Frolics. That's right. Yeah, fashion and lifestyle blog set up around three years ago. We judge ladies' days around the countries. We compare fashion shows regularly and we do our own shows as well um, in relation to fashion. So are you the most popular men in the room at the moment, Paul? Well, I'd say at the beginning of the day we'll have lots of female friends. It might be different around six o'clock when they're all going home and we've made our decision, but it's always such a great day and we're delighted to be invited back again by Mary this year to judge the best splash of yellow. And I have to say the effort that some of the ladies make for this event and such, for such a worthy cause um, is incredible. We can see they're arriving already and there's great splashes of yellow, there's great fun, there's great elegance and it's just to pair that back then and really just award somebody for their effort. That's what we do. 
Now I've seen yellow hats, yellow scarves, yellow uh, buttons, yes. ye- yellow fascinators. What are you looking for, though? But I suppose you're looking for a unique look. You're looking for somebody that's taken a lot of effort, I suppose, in thinking about their outfit. Because everybody is going to be in a sea of black with a splash of yellow, it is a very, very difficult decision. So you're looking for somebody that's added that little bit of extra, whether it's an accessory, could be the shoes, could be something to do with the hair. Um, But they've gone over and above and that their makeup is clean and that everything is overall looking well. So it's really about the thought behind the process more so nearly than what the actual splashy yellow itself is. Yeah, it's about a bit of uh, creativity, as we said, and and effort, as Mike said. Somebody that you feel has put effort in and we feel should be awarded for that effort, you know, all in aid of this wonderful cause, yeah. Now you both have your own little splashes of yellow. You can't pick each other as the as the winners, can you? Definitely not. That wouldn't go down well at all with the ladies. And as we're the only two men in the room, it would also be a little bit, you know, out of the ordinary. Let's just say there wouldn't be brown envelopes involved. There might be yellow envelopes, but it ain't going to work today. So where should people send their bribes? What is, what's the email address? What's the website where they can find oh, out no, more? No, no, no. We play fair. We play fair. We've been uh, judging on race courses all over Ireland, so you know we're known for playing fair. Yeah. In terms of the blog, though, where can people find out more information? Um, uh, we're on Facebook, on Instagram, we're Funky Fashion Frolics, and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we're award-winning bloggers. We set this up three years ago, as Mike has said, and we've won numerous individual style awards ourselves, both individually and as a couple. And most recently, we won the f- award, the Heist Magazine, Most Stylish Duo in Ireland, which for us was a great, great honour. And it's just lovely then to take that expertise to something like this and uh, put our judging into, into practice. Yeah, and we're also the first couple in the history of the Irish state to have won Best Dressed Couple at the races. So that happened a couple of years ago. We were really extremely proud of that. And that led us to doing stuff on Ray Darcy's show um, on the radio in terms of Ladies' Day fashion for race days. So really breaking down glass ceilings for everybody in the country. So thanks very much for that. To Mike and Paul of Funky Fashion Frolics, I got it right again. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Lovely to meet you, Breffany, and thank you. And that, folks, is all we have time for today. A very big thank you to everybody who spoke to us for today's show, to Mary McKeown, to Mike McCarthy and Paul Carroll of Funky Fashion Frolics blog, to Joanne Sweeney and Kristen O'Reilly, as well as the Northwest Simon Communities board member, Margaret Heffernan. It looked like a fabulous day was had by everybody, all the women down tools after Christmas and decided we are heading out and they were dolled out in their black and yellow outfits uh, for a really, really good cause and it does fantastic work for people under the radar here in the northwest of Ireland uh, across Donegal, Sligo and of course County Leitrim as well. A fantastic day out and a great cause and if you're listening to this and are affected by any of the issues that were raised when we spoke to any of our speakers today please do not hesitate to get in touch with Mary at Northwest Simon. If you Google Mary McKeown at Northwest Simon Community, you will find her contact details and we put them in the event description here as well on our website and on the podcast. The very best look to the Northwest Simon Community as they go about their business for another year. Keep making sure that families who are down on their luck are looked after and not left literally out in the cold. Thank you very much for joining me today. It was, of course, episode 159. And tomorrow we are back with a special episode of In Focus, where we sit down, or I sit down rather, with Eamon McGowan. He needs absolutely no introduction to anybody who's been involved in Gaelic games in the county or even just around the town of Drumshambo. A stalwart of Alan Gales 
and various county teams at all levels and genders, both the men's and the women's teams over the years. Hugely successful and also fantastically popular around the county. I'll be talking to Eamon tomorrow about his life and times on the sidelines and elsewhere for County Leitrim. Talk to you then.